Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. This morning I want to share a very, very precious word that the Lord has laid in my heart. And I want you to turn with me to the book of Colossians and chapter 3 and verse 15. I know many of you all turn to your iPads, iPhones, some turn to the screens. But bring your Bibles along, open the Word of God if you can, read the Word of God, because that Word of God will keep you, build you. Um, Colossians and chapter 3 and verse 15. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. The Bible says, uh, let's read that together, let's go. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. This morning I want to share about this word, let peace rule. Let peace rule. When you look at God's word, many things in God's word uh, are knowledge to us, but have not become revelation. If you look at one of the things that Christ has asked for us in the word of God, is that God's word is challenging us and saying, can you allow the peace of God to rule in your heart. Can you allow the peace of God? All around the world, people have no peace. They're looking for, what is it that can bring peace in my heart? What can change my heart to bring a place, to bring, a, to bring me to a place of peace? In fact, God has called us to live a life of peace. God has lived, called us to live a life of peace. He wants us to walk in a covenant of peace. That God is saying, can I make a covenant with you that you and I walk in a covenant, an oath, a promise that there will be peace upon your life. And yet when it comes to many, many believers around the world, there is no peace. You look at the lives of believers, many name the name of Christ, but there's no peace. There is a a, a confession of salvation, but there is no joy. There is a statement of faith, but there's no transformation. Because somehow we believe in our heart, if I believe in something, that means I am changed to it. Yes, by faith, the gospel has changed our lives. And yet the Bible is calling us to move into a a place of peace, a life of peace, a walking in the peace of God. When the Bible says, Jeremiah 6.14, They have healed the brokenness of my people superficially, saying, peace, peace, but there is no peace. There is no peace. You look all around the world. People are looking for peace. They don't have peace in their heart. They don't have peace in their heart. Uh, Unbelievers who don't know the Lord. Many of them are looking for peace too. And they don't have peace in their heart. They're wondering what can fill this emptiness of my heart. What can change my heart. What can bring me peace that is deeper than what is superficial. What can change my life in a way that I will never be the same again. Truly. Peace is a blessing from God. Psalm 29 and verse 11 says like this, The Lord will give strength to His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. So, as we're going to go a little deeper into this, I think it's a very, very important thing to listen very, very carefully. Amen? Amen? Alright. So, if so, what is peace? 
Let's look at this whole thing. What is peace? Because if we define it wrong, we will believe it wrong. Now, the meaning of peace in the English, the word peace comes as a passive word. Can you say that word passive? Which means there is no specific action we need to take to be in peace. Because in the English, the word peace is showing the absence of trouble. It's showing the, there's no civil disturbance around, our neighborhood is at peace, there's nobody fighting us, our neighbors are not fighting us, we don't have any financial troubles, we don't have any emotional problems within the family, we don't have any anxieties and fears, anything that causes anxieties or fears, no hostilities, no war, no economic breakdown, meltdown, and we are personally, we are free from external and internal anxieties. Now this is what the world calls peace. A place where nothing is bothering us from the outside. But the biblical concept of peace is far greater, hallelujah, far larger. And it rests heavily on a very different kind of meaning than what the world attributes to peace. The biblical concept of peace is something that Jesus says, I can give it to you. I can give you peace. The word peace in the Hebrew comes from a word called sim, which means to be complete or to be made whole or to be made healed and complete again. Sound in every way. So when the Bible talks about peace, it has a different meaning. It's not talking about the absence of problems around. It's talking about being made whole on the inside. Being complete. Being surrounded on the inside. A transformation that brings peace within. So when the world looks for peace, they're looking without. But when a child of God looks for peace, he has peace reigning within. Amen. The verb of that word conveys, in fact, that word peace in the, in the Hebrew is a very dynamic word. Which means it's an action-packed word. Hallelujah. Say the word peace. Say it again loud. Peace. Look at somebody and say, peace be unto you. Now, when you're just telling somebody, peace be unto you, it's not a passive, let there not be any war around you. You're not saying, let there not be any problems around you. It is an active, dynamic word. There is something being transmitted to you, or something happening, or being installed or invested inside of you. Hallelujah. The verb conveys a dynamic and a static meaning, meaning to be complete or whole, or to live a full life. To live well. So when we say, I'm at peace, in the, in the Bible, it does not mean I am trouble free. When I say I'm at peace in the Bible, I'm saying it is well. That doesn't matter what is going on on the outside for me. On the inside, it is well. Hallelujah. Peace for an unbeliever is an external attribute. Peace for a believer in Jesus is an internal state. Not because of what is going on outside, but something deeper. 
The noun for the word peace has many nuances, many meanings. It can be grouped into four major categories. You know the word in the Hebrew. What's the word in Hebrew for, for peace? Shalom. Say that loud with me, please. Shalom. Look at somebody and say, Shalom. Say it again. Look at someone else and say, Shalom. Yeah. Shalom. The moment you speak this word Shalom in the Hebrew, Hebrew ha- the Hebrew has four different attributes attached to this word. One attribute to Shalom is to be whole again. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Everything restored back to a completeness. Which means you're not missing anything inside your heart. Now you might say, Pastor, in my life I'm missing many things. My husband doesn't help me with the dishes. Or we don't have enough money to go through the day. Or I don't have enough education. Or my family is giving me trouble. I'm missing a lot of things. You can be missing a lot of things on the outside. But on the inside, you can be at shalom. Why? Because on the inside, you are complete. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at somebody and say, I'm complete. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many people are looking for peace from the outside. When on the inside, God can make you whole. God can make you complete. God can make you sufficient. God can make you, bring you to a place of shalom. The first word, meaning of the word shalom, is to be whole and complete again in your body also. So when Jesus would go to people and, and he would say peace, or he, would, he was talking be shalom, which means be restored back to wholeness even in your body. That God can do that for you. The second meaning of the word shalom in the Hebrew was to have a right relationship or peace between people. To be at peace between people. To be at shalom between a husband and a wife. To be at shalom between children and parents. To be at shalom with your neighbors at your workplace. That means to live in harmony. Hallelujah. What did I start with today in the message? I said, let the peace of God, what? Rule in your heart. Now, so when I say I've got to be at shalom with my family, it does not have to depend on your family. It has to do with something from God ruling in your heart. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the second meaning is a right relationship or to live in harmony between two parties of people often established by a covenant. Where the Bible says, I will give you a covenant of peace. Where you and God are at peace now. Man and man is at peace now. People in the families are at peace. The third meaning for the word peace, shalom, is the word, is to be in prosperous, successful, or actually fulfilled. Many people are financially prosperous, but not fulfilled. Amen. Many people are successful in the world. They're celebrities but not fulfilled. And that's why we see so many people, celebrities in the world, end up taking their own life because they're not fulfilled on the inside. They're broken. They're hurting. They're they're in pain. They're in trouble. What are they? They're rich, wealthy and prosperous but not at shalom. Not at peace. Shalom was used in the Hebrew both when people came and when people went. 
when Hebrew people met with one another, they used it as a welcome word and they used it as a farewell word. Amen? Everybody used the word to one another as shalom, welcome. Amen? You can say shalom to this place. Amen? Now that the meeting is gone, once the meeting of God is, is over, you probably look at somebody on your way out and say shalom. It was a practice of the Jews to speak that word upon people. The priests would speak it upon the people. Israel would speak it to one another. Pastors, leaders would speak it over their people. Fathers of the home would speak it over their children and upon everyone that came, shalom, and everyone that went, shalom. Hallelujah. Now, most people actually don't understand the meaning of it. It was meant as an act of blessing. That when someone said, you know, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the Hebrew, when they would say shalom, it would mean, okay, bye-bye, I got to go, peace. But it was a blessing. Shalom, I leave the peace I carry in my heart, I leave that with you. I want to bless you to walk in the same peace that I'm walking in. Hallelujah. How powerful it would be, you know. How powerful it would be for us to be able to tell others, I... Bless you with the peace that I live in. I bless you that you will walk in that peace. Amen. Hallelujah. That's powerful. It was meant to be an act of blessing to the one that was spoken. May your life, when you tell somebody shalom while you're walking away. Or when you tell somebody shalom while they're coming in. You're actually telling them, may your life be filled with prosperity and victory and success and joy and all of that. As an adjective... The word shalom is expressed as completeness and safety. In the New Testament, the word that was used for the word peace was the word irene. And this word irene in the New Testament is the word most often translated as peace. Although there are some overlap of meanings. The Hebrew word shalom is is a broader usage and in fact greatly influenced the New Testament word Irene. So as the believers begin to use the word shalom, shalom or Irene more, the meanings of shalom begin to come incorporated into the word Irene also, which meant peace in the New Testament. In the People everywhere are looking for peace. And now we just saw how the peace that the world is talking about is very different from the peace that the Bible that Jesus is talking about. People are writing songs about peace. And, you know, I was, I was, I was talking with somebody recently and uh, they were listening to some secular songs. And so I said, uh, so what are you listening? Oh, there's nothing, just some secular songs. I said, bring the lyrics along. And I said, because what you listen to will disciple you. I said, bring the lyrics along. Oh, it's okay. Can Christians only listen to Christian songs? Depends on what your belief systems are. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, now suppose you... Uh, suppose you, um, uh, suppose you are not, uh, you know, if you are not, you're not something and you, would you keep on listening to that, uh, that you're not a chair, all right? Would you keep listening to a song saying, I'm a chair, I'm a chair, I'm a chair, I'm a chair. Would you do that? No, you wouldn't, right? But then you'll say, no, it's harmless. I'm just listening. I'm a chair, I'm a chair, I'm a chair. You don't, that's not who you are. That's not what you believe, but you're listening to it. So tell people, when it comes to secular music, a lot of people writing secular music are writing the circumstance of the life they're in or their belief system. 
So I told that person, I said, get those words out. Let's take a look at it. He said, what's wrong with that band? I said, nothing's wrong with the band. Everything's wrong with the words. I said, let's look at the words. So we let's look at the words. And the words were about, oh, there's darkness all around and there's no hope. And, and you know, so the songwriter is writing about the darkness outside. Clouds are dark. Room is dark. Everything is dark. I'm also dark. What do we do? What do we do? And so the, the chorus of the song would be maybe, what do we do? I don't know what to do. What do we do? I don't know what to do. It's getting gloomy. Oh, I don't. And people pay money to buy this, to listen to this, because it's basically expressing what they're feeling. And they come out and say, chick song, man. Fantastic. Because people found someone who put words to what they're feeling. They write songs about peace, and people travel far out to the nations. They travel to different nations. What they don't have in their nation, they'll, they'll go looking for it in another nation. And, uh, I, and I told people, when you, when you listen to these songs or things like that, if it is not according to what you believe or the word of God, what you're listening to will become what you believe. Amen. That will rule your life. It will rule your mind. I remember many, many... Many years ago, there was someone dear to me and started listening to some satanic music. And uh, it was by bands that were basic Satanists. And I, I began to tell them, don't do that. Don't listen to that. Oh, pastor, don't worry. I just listen to the music. I don't listen to the words. And I said, what you listen to will disciple you. You have to be very careful what you listen to. Amen. Amen. Because what you listen to will disciple you. So this person after a few months went by. Oh, it's because of music. Have you heard their, Have you heard them play lead? Oh, wow, this band is too good. I just listen to the lead. I don't listen to anything else. About a year or two later, this person came to me saying, Pastor, I'm hearing voices in my head. I, I'm hearing voices. I'm really struggling. I, I feel like committing suicide. And I had to literally sit down and help the person and, and tell the person, you need to go to hell, get, get help in different ways. Because when I try to help the person, oh, no, don't tell me about Jesus. You see, two years of listening to that had discipled their belief system. Because two years of that and listening to, and the songs will sometimes tell, oh, no point living, there's no point living, there's no point living, there's no point. What has happened? Two years of listening to that lead music with that repetitive telling you, you've become discipled by it. That is why you need to be careful who you listen to. You need to be careful what you listen to. They're singing songs that they have no solutions for. People wage war for peace. Many become wealthy, famous, powerful to trade everything. Hoping that through that they will have a moment of peace. Some walk away from God. Hoping that they don't have to answer God. Looking for peace. (laughs) Sometimes the person who takes our peace away is God. And we hope we can run away from God. Thinking that there is peace outside God. Because God looks like full of commandments. Do this, don't do that. You You shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul. Are you really sure? What about my girlfriend? No. Oh Lord, I don't want that. Lord, first time in my life. For the first time in my life, someone loved me. (laughs) Nobody loved you. They love themselves and so they want you. Amen. You know, when we fall in love with somebody, 
we don't fall in love with them. We actually fall in love with us and we feel they're beneficial for us. Oh, come on, don't go quiet on me now. That's true, isn't it? We fall in love with them. You know, if we ever love somebody, we don't fall in love, we walk in love. Amen. When we fall in love, it's talking about those hormones. I feel nice, I feel butterflies. I don't know, you know that feeling I was getting when my eyelashes went. <laughs> uh, if you fell in love, get up. Actually, it's a setup. You know, when you fall in love, you get married, and then the rest of your years, you figure out how to walk in love. <laughs> because love is not a feeling. Love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And if anyone who does not know how to walk in love has not known God. That's what First John says. If you don't walk in love, you've not known God. Which means we've not, we've, not known the, we've not known the rulership of God. We've not known the ownership of God upon our lives. Many look out, go for money because they want peace. They go after powerful people. If I can connect with that man and if I can have that much money, I will find peace. But often they find that the peace that the world offers is false. Jesus said, in John's Gospel 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I live with you. Not as the world gives. My peace I give unto you. Which means biblically peace is something that God gives you. And it has nothing to do with the passivity or the absence of strife. It has everything to do with what God is doing in your life. Peace is something that, you're, that God is building on the inside. Peace, let's read that together. Peace, I live with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives. He has separated it right away. This, what peace I'm giving you is not what the world gives. He said, it has nothing to do with what the world is calling peace. It has nothing to do with what the world is calling peace. Not as the world gives. Do I give to you? Then the rest of it says, do not let your heart be troubled, nor be afraid. What is he saying? He's saying, I will give my peace to you because you are in a troubled circumstance right now. Don't let yourself be troubled by what's going on because I will give you peace. The peace offered by the world is empty, empty promises and can only bring a temporary comfort. God's peace is a permanent peace that comes in our heart. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? God's peace is permanent. God's peace is something that you walk in on a daily basis. His peace is very, very different. God's peace is offered by God. God's peace is imparted in you by God. God's peace is deposited in you and me by God. And it will have very nothing to do with the circumstance outside. See, there's a difference between the world. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. Which means there is a peace that comes from the world, and there's a peace that comes from God. Now, what is the peace from the world like? The peace that comes from the world is temporary. Amen. It's temporary. It tells you, if I can get that job, oh, my problems will go away. And then you got that job. And new problems came. And someone said like this, 
No one works for a brand. Everyone works for their immediate boss. <laughs> and sometimes if your immediate boss has been a recruit straight from hell. Oh, you're crying out, why did you do this to me, God? I asked you for a job, I didn't ask you for this boss. <laughs> you know, the world's peace is fleeting. And the next thing you want, if I can get out of this, and if I can go to another country and get a job, oh, I'll be at peace. And you go to that other country, and you got that job. And then, your mother or father fell ill here. And then in your heart, you're thinking, oh, I wish I was there. And then you come running and you have to go and you have no peace between this and that. Because if you stay here, you lose your job. <laughs> if you stay there, you, you can't get uh, you know, time with your family. Anything that happens on the outside, if we try to solve it, the earth's peace is fleeting and changing with circumstances. During prosperity, when a war comes, peace goes. When, when, when economic troubles come, peace goes. When your neighbor decides to trouble you and expand his borders, peace goes. The world's peace is built on, on foundations of compromise. If you will compromise like this, then we will do this for you. The world's peace is saying, let's negotiate and let's decide the boundaries. And let's negotiate and not, you know, compromise. You compromise a bit, I compromise a bit, we all compromise a bit. And so then you'll be happy, I'll be happy. Now, if you compromise, listen to me. If you compromise according to the world's peace and those boundaries are there... And then a time comes, we're still constantly guarding those boundaries because we're afraid and there's distrust with the world if they will come back and take our boundaries. The world's peace is temporary. The world's peace ignores the fundamental problem. The world's peace is, you know, having many, many people said, if you will just leave me alone, I'll have some peace. <laughs> yeah? I didn't hear an amen. We've all said that. I did not say whether you are living like that. Now I simply said, some or the other, someone or the other, somewhere or the other, we've said that. If, if this person would just leave me alone, we'll have some peace. That means this person is the one who decides whether I'm at peace or not. This person is the one that decides I'm at peace or not. You know, Pastor Hannah and I, one day we were having an, an argument. All right? Like we said, not like you, we have arguments. Because, why do we have arguments? Because unlike you, we have discussions. Those that don't have discussions have no arguments. When there are discussions, we have arguments. Like We always joke about it, we never fight, we just have moments of intense fellowship. Sometimes it gets really intense. So, while we were having this argument, one day she got up and she looked at me and she said, I am not going to spend a perfectly beautiful day sitting around and sulking. I'm going to be happy. And she turned around and she decided to be happy. And she walked away. I saw her getting happy. And I'm like, wait a minute. She's going to be happy. I'm not going to spend my day being sad. I'm also going to be happy. Now, now suddenly we were having a, a moment of argument. And suddenly both of us kicked out of it. She first. And me out of envy. She first, she said, I'm, going to sp I'm just going to be happy. I, I can't spend my day being sad like this. And how did we have peace? Not because we agreed or we whatever. We had peace because something changed on the inside. We, we have we, we, the problem. The world looks at the wrong problem. When you ask somebody what is wrong with the world today, many will point out and say, 
It's volatile stock markets is the problem. Or, you know what, the problem is my spouse. Or the problem is I don't have money financially. Or the problem is we don't have enough space to expand the school that we're running. Or the problem is, you know, the, uh, you know, the disappearing rainforest in the Amazon. That is, and the melting ice in the, in the Arctic and the Antarctic that is causing uh, global warming and changing and all of that. It's, a, it's all of that. Broken families is the problem. You know, poor education system, lack of social security, these are all the problems. And so what do people do? People try to solve them. A group of nice people try to say, change the world's problems. When the world is full of people, many of them that don't want it to change because they take advantage of these problems. They take advantage of people's lack of education. They take advantage of people's inability to have question, question authority, uh, the government or people like that. People take authority, uh, advantage of that. The world tries to fix these problems by doing good. By feeding the children that are hungry, by clothing the ones, which is great. But it doesn't solve the problem. Why? Because it's constantly new problems are still coming. The world's peace try to fix the symptoms where God's peace tries to deal with the sin. You will never have peace in your heart unless we deal with the issue of our own sin. We will never have peace with one another unless we walk in peace with God. And I always tell people like this, say, our conflicts with people whether it's our spouse, whether it's others, outside itself. Our conflicts with people is only an expression of our unresolved conflicts with God. Which means, when we're not at peace with God, we don't know how to be at peace with people. And we will say, oh him, I will never forgive him. You don't know what she did to me. I will never forgive her. When you and I say that I will never forgive somebody, I'm simply saying, I'm hurting And I don't have a solution. And I'm not going to let you be happy. Because I'm sad. (laughs) I'm miserable. I'm going to make you miserable. That's what we're thinking. That is why hurting people hurt people. When we're hurting, we just hurt others. So that even if we don't have peace, we'll ensure they don't have peace. (laughs) And maybe that makes us happy. (laughs) Maybe if everyone around us doesn't have peace, maybe we'll be happy. And... Then we have a chaos in the community. And go back home, lie down and say, why is everything like this? The world's peace tries to fix the symptoms while God tries to fix the sin. The Bible says in Jeremiah 6.14, They have healed the wounds of my people, lightly saying, peace, peace, where there is no peace. On the outside, we try to offer some kind of a solution, but there is no peace. But what is God's peace? God's peace is very different. Listen to me. If you understand this definition of what it is, it's going to change your life and my life. God's peace is different from the world's peace. God's peace is permanent. God's peace is permanent once and for all. God is saying, if if you love this in your life, the peace of God will come over you. If you can allow this one thing in your life, it can change the way you live your everyday life. Many people say, I want God to change my life, but they will not allow God to be Lord in their life. They want, you know, 
I was thinking the other day and I was telling somebody, the problem with today's world is that especially young people, young people listen to me carefully, not just young, young and old, everybody, but young people listen to me. The problem with today's world is that we have made our friends, our ideology, our, our, our career, our football, our, our, our dress, our, our beauty, we have made all this our God. And when we have made God and our, and our family and others our service providers, God has become a service provider. Lord, we need this. Can you give that? God, I need to pay my bill. Can you take care of that? God, I need food. Can you please bless me? Lord, I need a miracle. Can you do that for me? So God has become a service provider. And the rest of our life, the people whom we, who, who we hold in high value, the people whom we don't want to lose, it's okay to lose God, but we don't want to lose them. They become our God. And if they become our God, then the only source of peace is from them keeping you happy. Amen. Amen. Whatever becomes your God, the only source of peace is from them keeping you and me happy. If our job becomes our God, as long as we have a happy job, we are happy. If our spouse becomes our God, our parents become our God, or, 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 or some gaming, or, or wealth, or I don't know, you know, car, or whatever you hold in high value, your house. If that becomes your God, as long as that is there, you are happy. The moment that's not there, it's gone. You're not happy anymore. Because you've tied your happiness to what did he say and what did she think and what they said about us. And years ago, when we came to the ministry, I remember one day people were saying some bad things, mean things about me and Hannah. And we came home and Hannah mentioned to me, she said, she said, how can they say that? They don't even know us. How can they say that about us? And I looked at her and I said, uh, I said, don't we have opinions about others? She said, yeah. I said, do we go and ask them, do you think all this is correct? What we think about you? She said, no. I said, if we are going to spend our life worrying about what they said and she said and he said, we're going to be unhappy all our life. We are going to accept, people are going to have opinions. Let them have their opinions. Let's follow God. Let's obey God. Let's rejoice in the Lord. Amen. Let's rejoice in the Lord. God's peace is permanent, not based on our circumstance. God's peace is there, is available in the midst of a storm. God's, you can be in peace when all hell is breaking loose. You can be at peace when, when your pockets are empty. You can be at peace when people are mean to you. You can be at peace when, when, when people are nasty with you. You can be at peace and you can say, God, my, your peace. I'm coming for your peace. God's peace is permanent. What does the Bible say in Isaiah 54 and verse 10? What the Bible says, read that with me. Read that, Isaiah 54 verse 10. It says, the mountains may depart and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not, amen, will not be removed from you. What is God saying? He's saying, and my what? And my covenant of Peace, what is God saying? The mountain shake, the earth be removed, but my peace, the peace I promised you, will be with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The peace that I promised you will be with you. God is saying. What is that? My promise of peace, my covenant of peace will be with you. 
Because that is the promise of God. John 16.33 says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take courage. I have overcome the world. Now Jesus says two things here. What is he saying? He says, where is this peace from God? What does it say over here? These things I have spoken to you so that... Yeah, I can't hear you. In me, you may have peace. Which means, the peace that God gives is when we abide in Him. We in Him and He in us. That's a place of peace. Truly, this is the place of peace. He says, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have trouble. So what is God saying? God is not saying, I'm going to take all your trouble away. God's not saying, I'm going to take your problems away. I'm not going to take your your, your work challenges away. I'm not going to take your spouse challenges away. I'm not going to do any of that. What are you going to do? I'm going to change you. Amen. When I was just married, early days of our marriage... Uh, I remember I was upset about something. I sat down, I was shaking with, with, with mm, the desire to change the world around me. <laughs> I was so upset by marriage. I, like, I sat down and I told the Lord, I knew God answers prayer. So I told the Lord, I said, Lord! This was between me and God. I was, I was so upset, I was stepping back from somewhere. I remember there was a cot behind, I sat down on the cot. You can't do anything in your... I sat down on the court and I remember telling God, God, what? Can you change her? Apostolic prayer should work. (laughs) Can you change her, Lord? And the Lord spoke to me and said, You change and I'll change her. The Lord spoke to me and said, You change. You work on what you need to fix. And I'll take care of her. Felt deflated. Because God wasn't answering my prayer. My prayer. You fix her. And make her available. To keep the selfish person happy. And God's answer was. You stop your selfishness. She will watch your life and she'll change. Because God's given a responsibility to the head of the home. To men in the family. To lead from the front on behalf of Jesus. In about a year's time, she came to me and she said, you changed. Hmm. That's the time, take it from the pros, that's the time not to say anything. <laughs> that's the time to just say, by, by, by grace. <laughs> by grace. Thank you for praying. The other part of it, the secret that God told you, that I'll change her, <laughs> that's the second part of the movie. <laughs> that doesn't come until the first part is watched through. Amen. And I've seen that as a reality. You will never find peace trying to say, if they change, I'll get peace. Why? Listen, uh, years ago I heard Dr. John Maxwell say this. I love this, alright? Alright, listen to me carefully says, if Bob's got a problem with Sue, Bob's got a problem with, and Bob's got a problem with Steffi, and Bob's got a problem with Jack, and God, Bob's got a problem with, uh, you know, with James, and John, 
and Matthew. And Bob's got a problem with, with Luke. And Bob's got a problem with whoever. Then Bob's got a problem. Amen. If Bob's got a problem with Jack and Jill and went up the hill, I don't know. If Bob's got a problem with all these people, then Bob's got a problem. If that's the case, if you or I have got a problem with them, and them, and her, and him, and this marriage, and that one, and that marriage, and that, that father, then you got a problem. And as long as you got a problem, when you change marriage, <laughs> spouse changed, same problem. Because Bob's got a problem. So Bob went with the problem. Amen? So Bob took the first one's piece away and went to the next one. There also, Bob's got a problem. No peace. So what is the solution? The solution is what God told me. You change. And I'll change her. And I can tell you to the glory of God, 21, 22 years later, I can tell you to the glory of God, God has blessed our marriage. We have a happy home. And you can ask Pastor Hannah, she keeps telling me nowadays. She never told me then. It takes about 20 years to, to tell you. <laughs> Maybe they keep it for the funeral. I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> It wasn't so bad, after all. <laughs> she tells me, I am who I am today because of how you stood and helped me walk with God. Amen. And all the men said, Amen. Amen. We'll give the women another 20 years. <laughs> but the peace of God that passeth all understanding. When God gives peace, God's peace is built on the foundation of his word. God's peace is built on the foundation of truth. Peace is, you know, we, we really got to understand this. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the state we walk in when we trust God. And live in submission to God. Rooted in the confidence in the nature of God. That God is love and God is good. So what is peace? Peace is not a changed environment outside or answered prayer. Yeah, don't miss this one. Peace is not a changed environment or answered prayer. Peace is when you and I allow God to rule in our hearts. When He rules and reigns in our heart, our heart is at peace. Amen. Because Galatians 5, verse 22, 23, you know, fruit of the flesh and fruit of the spirit. For the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Wait a minute. Peace comes from the Holy Ghost. So if I don't have peace, it simply means I'm not walking with the Holy Ghost. And that goes for, the, <laughs> for both spouses. For any party in the relationship. For anybody in conflict. Now, you might say, but they're the ones fighting with me all the time. That doesn't mean we have to lose our peace. They can be fighting all they want. But Christ can rule in our hearts. That while they're in strife, we're at peace. And you know what? The peace in our heart will bug them. 
they get irritated that we're at peace. And they'll say, we've got to do something to... I don't like him being at peace. <laughs> the world will want to bother you. But what is peace? Peace is Christ reigning in our heart. Hallelujah. Peace is Christ reigning in our heart. It's the rulership of God. That is peace. Jesus said, the Bible, you know, how, how do we get this peace? We get this peace when we receive His word. I have loved living, receiving a word from God. Including the words that hurt me. You change and I'll change her. I can tell you that brought peace in my life. But we don't like to hear that. We like to hear, Lord, He's the problem. <laughs> Recently I heard, <laughs> I saw a beautiful, uh, beautiful, I don't know what you call it, just a picture on WhatsApp. Uh, I apologize for my behavior that was induced due to the faulty dysfunctional character that you have that has been instigating me in moments of weakness to express myself in ways that are unbecoming becoming because of you. That was their way to say, I'm sorry. And this is what we do. I apologize for my behavior that was instigated by your weak dysfunctional character. You know what that means? Christ is not ruling. So, in other words, you're saying, I'm apologizing because of your behavior that has the ability to trouble me because my heart is not ruled by Christ. Amen. Oh, you guys are going quiet on me now. <laughs> Hallelujah. You thought Jesus on the inside. On the outside, Jesus on every side. Yeah, that's the way we're going. We're going in that direction. But if there is no peace, Christ is not ruling. In the middle of your storm, you can have peace because the word of God dwells in your heart. Faith in God brings peace in your heart. You say, God, I know the circumstances are not good, but I can trust you. God, I know this is a difficult moment, but I can trust you. God, I know this person is behaving ungodly, but that doesn't mean I've got to. God, I know this person has hurt me. Doesn't mean I've got to. There was one person who hurt me very, very, very badly through, the, through those, that season of my life. Really, really hard. It was very hard and this person was cursing me and cursing my children and cursing my family and saying, you'll all pay a heavy price for this. You just watch. And in that season, and I remember my wife and I were sitting there. We got up from there, we walked out and she looks at me and she says, I didn't know you had so much against you. I walked away from there and I told her, I said, I'm going to pray a prayer. She said, what? I said, I'm going to ask the Lord if ever this man of God needs me, needs any help, Lord, give me a chance to be there for him. Give me a chance to serve him. Give me a chance to pray for him. Give me a chance. You know why? Because everything he said, he lost his peace. I didn't lose mine. Because I allowed Christ to reign in my heart. Amen. And I look back many, many years later. I still have that peace of God in my heart. Because we allow Christ to reign. Do we lose that peace from time to time? Of course we do. Of course we do. That's when we take that little hammer and tick, 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 knock it back in place. What? Knock, walk back. The rulership of Christ. We say, Lord, you reign in my heart. Pastor Hannah will tell you how many times I'll be upset about something. I'll lie down in bed. I'll be talking to Jesus. And I'll say, Lord. I will not allow the enemy of my king to rule my heart. I lie down and say, I'll say, Satan, you have no right 
to rule me. You have no place in my heart. And I would tell myself, oh, this is something I tell so often. And this, only those that have been in my bedroom when I'm upset, my closest family have heard this. I'd lie down on, on, on bed and I'd say, I'm a servant of Christ. I belong to Jesus. I have no right to represent the enemy of my king. I will think right. I will behave right. Why? Not because I feel it. Because Christ reigns. Hallelujah. Allow Christ to reign in your heart. And you, it's not you that you feel like forgiving. He reigns and so you have no option but to forgive. He reigns but you have no option but to be kind. He reigns so you have no option but to step out and behave godly on God's behalf. How do you find the peace of God? The Bible says in Luke 2.14... Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. If you and I will live a life giving glory to God every day of our life on the highest. If you and I live our lives saying, God, my words are going to give glory to you. My thoughts are going to give glory. If you and I give glory to God on the highest, what will we have on earth? We'll have peace on earth. What is that? Rulership of Christ. The rulership of Christ. The walking in the Spirit will bring for the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Walking with the Holy Spirit every day fills your heart with peace. When we take things to God in prayer. Ephesians, Philippians 4, 6, 7. Do not be anxious about most things. Uh, anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But what? Make your prayer and supplication known unto God and the peace of God. The pastor all understanding will fill your heart and mind. Which means peace is not dependent. It's, see, peace is not even connected to the level of your anxiety. Peace is connected to your ability to, to take it to the Lord and let Him rule. Because either fear rules or He rules. Amen. Peace is learning to take things to God in prayer. Where, where, where the, when we walk in the fear of the Lord, peace begins to fill our heart. But finally, what is the peace of God? It is truly the kingship of the rulership of God in our heart. Let me close with this scripture. It's a powerful scripture. Turn with me if you can to Isaiah chapter 9. And verse 6 and 7. Throw it up for me. Come on, let's read it together. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God eternal father prince of peace hallelujah listen to me carefully what is he saying a child will be born to us a son will be given and the government the rulership the reign will be upon his shoulder if you and I allow him to reign and rule, then he will be called to us wonderful counselor. He will give us counsel when we need counsel. He will give us advice when we need advice. When we're going through a difficult time, he will speak counsel into our heart. He will be called what? Wonderful counselor. And then what? Mighty God. Which means you don't have to be anxious. He will be mighty on our behalf. Hallelujah. He will be mighty God. Then what? 
eternal father which means you are not fatherless you are not without a father you are not without someone to love you care for you and stand with you he becomes your eternal father hallelujah or after the father on earth is gone till eternity he will be your father if you will allow him to have government to rule he will be eternal father and what the prince of peace when will he be prince of peace when you allow the government to be on his shoulder when he allow him to rule in your heart for the kingdom of god is not a matter of eating or drinking but of righteousness and peace and joy in the holy if you will give the king his rightful place to have kingdom in your heart the peace of god that passeth all understanding you see when he fills your heart prince of peace fills your heart then how can your heart be troubled oh come on you miss that one when he fills your heart prince of peace fills your heart then how can your heart be troubled you don't have to walk in fear your future is secure your life is secure why not because everything is laid out because prince of peace is reigning and ruling amen hallelujah let's read that scripture together isaiah 54 and verse 10 come on isaiah 54 and verse 10 for the mountains will be removed and the hills will shake but my loving kindness will not be removed i want us all rise up to our feet let's declare this over our lives together today declare it declare what god is saying over your lives let's go together let's read it for the mountains may be removed and the hills will shake proclaim it over yourself go ahead for the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake but my loving kindness will not be removed from you and my covenant of peace will not be shaken says the lord who has compassion on you how many want to shout aloud amen amen which means the economies can melt the problems can happen challenges can be there everything can go wrong mountains can shake literally earthquakes can happen hills may be moved but god is saying my loving kindness my mercy will not be removed from you and my promise that i will give my peace upon your life will remain with you let's pray together father i want to pray the shalom of god upon the church today lord just like in the scriptures jesus said my peace i give unto you Father I want to speak the peace of God to fill our hearts and mind in Jesus mighty name. I pray every work of the enemy that has been lying to people's hearts will have no room because right now God is reigning. Father we want to renew that covenant of peace. You said that you have a covenant of peace with us. And we want to say Father we will live in peace, we will walk in peace, we will be at peace with God and we will be at peace with man. And Father, we submit our lives that we will live a life walking in the peace of God, because the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking; it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone, shout loud, Amen. I want you to turn to one another, and I want you to speak that blessing of peace. Look at someone and say, "Peace be unto you." Yeah, I want you I want you to speak that. Now when you're saying that you're not saying let there not be an absence of trouble around. You're saying let the rule of Christ and reign of Christ be in you. Amen. That will bring peace. Go ahead. Find two, three, four people and say peace be unto you. Bless them. Bless them. 
peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. To all that are watching online, may the peace of God be upon your lives and your heart. Let the peace of God rule your homes and families. We give God all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wscc.in.